Hello, it's the Spirit of 2016 podcast. It's another international break. It's another doubleheader in Northern Ireland games. We play Slovenia on Thursday and Kazakhstan at a two o'clock kickoff, I think, on Sunday. Joining me, Andy Bell, to talk about these two fixtures. I've got Stuart Cherry in New York and I've got Dave Dunning back in Belfast. Uh, we'll get stuck straight in. Um, how are you feeling sort of generally about things, Stuart, at the moment? Obviously, Strange last international window where, you know, we go to Denmark and we, we think we've nicked a point and a point's amazing. And if we get four points from that window, we're, we're all absolutely buzzing going into that one. And between a VAR decision and a, a dreadful a dreadful performance against Kazakhstan, resulting in arguably the worst result in Michael O'Neill's history, it's that, or Luxembourg or, or Azerbaijan, I suppose. Um, we're now looking at this and and, and wondering if if, the, if there's any chance. And um, I don't know about you, but I'm sitting here thinking right now, this could be a case of prepare for the next qualification rather than try anything in this one. And there's just been a few too many of those for my liking in, in recent years. I spent the entire summer, Andy, um, trying to forget the fact that the last international window even occurred, which I think we all agreed at the end of the last pod. So um, I'm sorry you've fallen at the first hurdle there. But um, I mean, it's the hope that kills you. Uh, and every time these things come around and we prepare for the pod, and we, you know, the, 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 the texts start up again with a bit more frequency uh, and the positivity somehow creeps back in. I don't know why it seems to do that. But yeah, look, we were, we were unlucky. I think the last, you know, window uh, in one sense against Denmark and then I thought we were pretty appalling in the, in the next game against Kazakhstan but um, it's a worrying time the squad is down to the bare bones we've had a lot of injuries a lot of players are out the spine of the team hasn't got going and it just feels a real bit of rotten luck after a really decent group that we got last December that, that we are where we are right now but um Look, looking forward to, to dissecting this with yourself and, and, and Dave's positivity as well. Yeah, Dave, talking about positivity, Jordan Jones called up to the squad. No, I'm only joking. We'll leave that one for later. Um, the group looks like this at the moment. There's Finland and Kazakhstan on nine. There's Denmark and Slovenia on seven. There's us on three and there's San Marino on zero. We've all played, uh, all played four and we've all got six to go. You know, we did say after the last campaign that, that, that we were out of it and there's no way we can catch up at this point. And it did feel like that. But if Michael O'Neill is was sitting here right now, or what he'll, he'll be telling the squad, and rightly so, is that if you win these two games, you are right back in it. I just can't see us winning either. Never mind both. Yeah, it's a tall order. I think, you know, ourselves in Slovenia, quite close in the rankings, aren't we? A few places between them. Yeah, we're, we're in 64, they're 61. If, if there was ever a falsified league table for anything, this is it. They're closer to, what, 30 places difference within these two squads, performance-wise, player-wise, quality-wise, even the even the stature of the teams that, that these guys are playing for. You know, um, we have had to dip lower and lower into the the trenches of, of the English League and, and also now the Irish League and, God forbid, Scotland. And, yeah, we, you know, at our strongest, we might have had a fighting chance, but we've just too many players missing that are, like, half-decent. 
and not been replaced by the by anything close to equivalent quality. Um, so yes, this will be Slovenia started well, a couple of good results. They look strong, and Kazakhstan away. You know, we saw what they did to Denmark. Now we all know what my opinion of Denmark is, but ultimately that's a long trip. It's serious travel, which certainly these players are not used to. Um, so, yeah, look, with all the optimism in the world, yes, Michael O'Neill should certainly be pushing the point that if you go and win these two games, you put yourself right back into it. But, you know, that is that is half-class, full mentality at elite level, um, if he's going to be able to convince the players of that. Well, Michael O'Neill sure has managed to convince a, a set of players who took a point out of two games from Azerbaijan and a point out of two games from Luxembourg that they could qualify for a major tournament, which we hadn't done for thirty years. Uh, and he was right in that. And when you compare the two, the two tasks, going to Slovenia and winning one match with what happened in twenty sixteen, you know there is no comparison. So I, I don't doubt Michael's ability to to do the motivation part of it right. Um, but listen, as much as I agree with with what you've both said, and and you know what I've said has been been fairly miserable as well. There's no point being miserable for the entire podcast. And if we are to get back in this group, it has to start with a win in Slovenia. Um, it probably means that I don't know of the of the next six games if you were to qualify, you probably need to win five at least. Is that fair? Um, I think that's what Michael said, isn't it? Yeah, is that right? Yes. So, yeah. so that that puts you in eighteen points, and you know it has to start with a win in Slovenia. We can't look ahead to Kazakhstan because as Dave rightly says that presents its own challenge and challenges in itself and they're not the minnow of a San Marino of an Andorra of a of a Liechtenstein they're they're the rung above yeah. that and the rung above that is teams that we've struggled to beat but Slovenia is the type of team that we would have beaten under Michael O'Neill and we're so good at beating under Michael O'Neill albeit at home but we're gonna have to go there and, and somehow get a result now and I suppose just focusing on that one of the most encouraging things was that the performance in Denmark was good and the game away to Slovenia will look a lot more like the game away to Denmark than the game at home to Kazakhstan uh, and pre- presents a different set of challenges. It's it's quite similar in that they both have a young striker. He's very prolific that we need to stop. Um, they both have a slightly better team than us, but in a lot of areas, they're not particularly strong either. And what we need is a, a classic Michael O'Neill performance, sit in, quiet in the crowd, um, and try and get something on the break or a set piece. I think you've just done the team talk there, Andy, uh, which is which is great. So um, it's, uh, that, that's it. Yeah, it's funny. I was back looking at some of the the highlights of the Slovenia the four matches that they played so far. Um, they, I think, would have been unlucky in their home game against Denmark. They hit the bar. They had other chances. They they really did force the issue against Denmark. Um, I see them against Finland. They lost two 0 They hit the post. They had chances. Again, they were probably a bit unlucky on that. But then their, their home game against San Marino, they scored two of the luckiest goals you're ever going to see. Took, San Marino held them out for 55 minutes. Um, they scored the most wicked deflection. Um, and then they got an own goal. But I think defensively, Slovenia um, look a bit more suspect. Um, two really good forwards, which uh, in Sesco and, and Sporar, um, who are in fine form for their, for their clubs. Um, in good form internationally as well. Midfield, they look quite tight. They've got players playing for Panathinaikos. They've got players who are playing in, in Serie A, Serie B. Um, 
um, as well. So they they are they've got some good quality players, but I think they are there to be beaten. I think they are they're not. I don't think we should be going over there fearful in any sense. You know, we've we've got the squad that we've got, we've got the players that we've got. Um, they are they win one um, out of every two home matches. I think for the last sort of twelve years, their home record's fifty five percent win rate. We win one out of two away games. So you, you throw that together, it's got a nil-nil draw written all over it. But you know, genuinely think that we, um, there are opportunities for us to exploit Slovenia. I think defensively is where they're at their weakest. Um, they concede goals through crosses. I think they conceded through corners. They've conceded through, through, through crosses in the games that they've played so far. The unfortunate thing for us is at the minute is we're probably lacking a bit of width, um, apart from the aforementioned Jordan Jones or maybe Paul Smith. Um, but look, it, it is a bit of a, it's not a 50-50 game, so to speak, but I, I don't think we should be fearful. We went to Denmark, we put in an incredible performance there. And as you said, you know, we had a goal con- uh, chalked off against Finland at home, would have changed the story. We had a goal chalked off against Denmark away, would have changed the story. So you know, there are there are opportunities for us to attack Slovenia and I think get something out of it. But I think that's me being quite optimistic. And I think at that at this point we we need to see like a positive performance and a and a result away from home. I think from the from the very first Nations League to right the way through Barraclough, how many times do we come on here and talk about a decent performance and a hard luck story and glorious failure? I think you know we need to at this point we need to see we need to see a performance and a result because at some point you you can't keep getting unlucky. At some point that's actually the 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 level you're at or a, a problem with mentality. Dave, I want to quickly run through Slovenia's team against Denmark, or rather the the uh, the clubs that they play for, just to to put into perspective the level uh, of Slovenia. So their second choice keeper plays, but we know that's going to be all black uh, this time. Who plays for Atletico Madrid? So the clubs that they, they play for, there's one who plays for Celia in Slovenia, one at Ljubljana in Slovenia, Viking of Norway, Udinese, obviously Serie A, Gornik of Poland. Three play for Panathinaikos, who I believe actually qualified for the Champions League. Um, or did they maybe did they Europa League? Europa yeah, League, yes. Yeah, yeah, they beat because they beat Marseille, but that must have been the round before. And um, Pisa, and then there's uh there's Benjamin Sesko at Leipzig. So, you know, when you actually look at that in between both boxes, there's probably not an awful lot between the two teams, but in both boxes, they've got one of the best goalkeepers in the world. They've got Sesko. He scored 16 for Salzburg last season, got a move to Leipzig, and has already scored two this season. And Sporar, who only plays for Panathinaikos, got 14 last year, three already this year. But my problem is that I feel like every time we come up with a master plan for the the really good striker, the other slightly less good striker always ends up scoring. Milik in the Euros being the prime example. So, no, was it Thatcher? Didn't Sorloth get a hat trick against them yeah. where Holland was Holland was yeah. around? Yeah. Oh, so, yeah. So, so that's that's the reason I mentioned them. But uh, yes, it seems like same old story. Not much between the two sides, but they're going to be better in both boxes, and that's where most most games are won. Honestly, I don't agree. <laughs> I think there's plenty between the two sides, Andy. To be honest, um, in between, in midfield and, and in defence. Yeah, you know, uh, you've got what one Premier League player in the squad. Is that right? Yeah. If you, yeah, you know, I think there's a couple of boys there playing for Premier League teams that are on loan, but 
I, I honestly don't think there's any comparison. There's guys that are playing, you know, elite level European football. Um, there's guys there that are playing in European competition. Um, and they're used to the travel. They're used to the intensity. And, you know, for all the will in the world, um, when you're talking about people like George Savile, Jordan Thompson, um, Ali McCann being, you know, top end, Shea Charge, maybe your best midfielder, who's 18 and playing in the championship um, for a team that got hammered, what, five or something by Southampton at the weekend or by, sorry, yeah, Sunderland at the weekend, do you know? So, yeah, I, I just, I think, you know, you've Johnny Evans there, obviously he's got his move to Man United, but look, Johnny Evans, one of the greatest players ever to play for Northern Ireland, but he can hardly run anymore, never mind turn around. So, yeah, I think there are issues quality-wise. I think if, if we maybe have a few guys in there that are missing, you know, Dallas, Corey Evans, Steve Davis, um, um, Jamal, Lewis, Donnelly, Jamal Lewis, Connor Bradley, you know, these are guys that, you know, have played at a higher level and, Bradley's a massive loss as well, Dave. Just to that point, he's so young, but like Bradley has been—he's been the real bright spark for us in this campaign, I think. And he's—it's very disappointing he's out. Yeah, and I think you know, I think that just goes to prove the point when you've got Connor Bradley there, who is essentially your your best your best performer by a country mile. You know, I think that says all you need to say about the quality around him in that squad at the moment. And yes, we've got big players missing, but you know, even like, David, sorry, even even you know. Callum Marshall, for example, who came on and made an impact, he's missing as well. So you know you're you're going back to you're going back to the the usual old carry on. But Andy, to that point, sorry, David, I didn't mean to cut across you, but to to, to to Dave's point as well, you know, there's Shay Charles, who has probably been up there alongside Connor Bradley as our best performer over the four games so far. You know, he was playing Premier League two last year, reserve football. Um, and right now, he's on the bench for Southampton. I think he came on after 64 minutes on Saturday. And Andy, to your point, the, the team that Slovenia, in their last game, if you look at our lineup against Denmark, we had two players that are playing reserve team football in terms of Price and Shea Charles, two other players at League One, six in the Championship, one in the Premier League, and a goalkeeper who was on the bench for most of last season. You know that's the, I suppose the where, where the gaps are. I, I know, I know what you're saying, and 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 you, you're probably right in terms of the play. But I, I, I just think you know, and we'll ask for our teams later on. But you know, we can name a pretty much championship level team apart from the front line. You know, we can we can name nine players playing in the championship more or less and playing playing quite regularly in the championship. You know, people always say. Oh, the problem is our players not getting minutes. It's not the problem isn't the minutes at the minute. The problem is the quality of where the minutes are at. Um, in my opinion, but you know when you when I when I name those teams that the Slovenian lineup play for, aside from in both boxes, as I say, you know, you're not getting players transferring from Celia and Viking and Gornik and Ljubljana and Panathinaikos into the Premier League. So what level are they actually at in terms of the English football pyramid? And that's a difficult one because you, Aberdeen, nearly qualify for the Europa League. You know, crap teams can qualify for second-rate European competition. Well, Colerain beat Maribor about three years ago. And you know, Maribor were better than those two Slovenian teams. I, 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 I take the point that you know they, they these teams might might be at sort of championship level, but they're actually you know playing against better European opposition. I just think that you know 
sometimes we let our players off the hook in terms of the level they're playing at. And, and I've just said, you know, it's it's, it's not a, a good enough quality team, but when people sort of make that excuse for losses to Kazakhstan and, um, and you know, draws with uh, other teams at that level, I think let them off the hook. I think you're letting them off the hook if you say championship isn't a good enough level because championship teams would beat those teams. Uh, I think generally, but it brings me on to, to, to my next point, Stuart, because Dave mentions are the the likes of of Connor Bradley and uh, and Shay Charles, who have been our best performers. And you know you've got players in our team: Ballard, Evans, Cathcart, McNair, McCann, even George Savile, Dion Charles. We've had we've always had Championship and League One players in the team, but the problem was there was there were four or five Premier League players alongside them there that could bring them up to their level. When you look at the team we're going to pick on Thursday night and probably on Sunday, it's the championship and the league one and the young players who actually have to lead now and be that, be that example and lead from the front. And I'm just not sure they have it in them yet. Great point. When we qualified for the Euros, Conor McLaughlin was a standout, wasn't he? Because Conor McLaughlin was a league one player. But at the time he had a, you know, a Johnny Evans in his peak. He had a, he had a Gareth McCauley in his peak. He had a Craig Cathcart in his peak. Um, just to let you know, Andy, Craig Cathcart did hit a peak at one point. But, you know, those players were around him and, and the League One player was was the outlier, um, though he was exceptional at that. And you're absolutely spot on. That is the the, the problem at the moment. And what's, we've been ruthlessly um, exposed this campaign because our main players are out. And they've not played, and they're not available. Um, long term, and we talked about this in the last pod. Provided the players are learning and they're taking something from this, and this, you know, they're able to, you know, apply from the defeats and apply from the mistakes and apply, you know, from the the, the criticisms. Um, I am excited. I personally am thinking in the field at the moment. I'll go through the teams, but you know, it's another opportunity for Ali McCann. It's another opportunity for Char- uh, for, for 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 both. Dion and, and Shay Charles. Um, and I think they need to go there. Start of the season, it's a bit of a fresh slate. You know, they're not going to be any fitter than us. Our players aren't going to be fitter than theirs. Um, and it does give us a really good opportunity. And I think now is the time, if we're going to get a result, June games have never been the best for us, but if we're going to get a result, September's 10th be the time for us to do that. Um, but I think there's a few things we need to get right. And we'll talk about this with the, the team, I'm sure. It's what are we going to do? How are we going to take our chances and how are we going to create chances? You know, you look at in the last couple of games, we've talked about the Kazakhstan game at home. We weren't crossing. Our set pieces, Isaac Price was on most of the set pieces, if not all. They were not good whatsoever. So we've talked about Slovenia's backline might be a bit suspect, but who are we going to pick? How are we going to play that we're going to be able to expose that and at least give ourselves a fighting chance? Dion Charles is in good form, five goals already this season. But my question is, how are we going to, what are we going to do? How are we going to play that's going to enable us to hopefully get something? Yeah, totally. And I, I, I'm almost the creation of chances is what I'm least concerned about in this because I actually think we'll we'll get one or two chances on the break just the way we're going to play away to Slovenia. It's it'll be creation of chances away to Kazakhstan, which would concern me more when we're maybe expected to have at least 50% of the ball. Um, so... Dave, I'm going to give you what I'm what I'm going to call the Isaac Price test in terms of our approach approach to uh, approach to the rest of this group. So, 
Connor Bradley and Shea Charles are young players, but they're also good quality players who are good enough to play on our team. Our best midfield at the moment would probably be a, a combination of a Charles, a McCann, a Saville, a Thompson. And that's a bad example because you'll disagree on that one. But there's championship level midfielders there. And in the case of Saville and Thompson, probably two players who are never going to play any higher than championship level, I would say. Isaac Price's level right now is probably lower than all four of those players I mentioned. But is there an argument to throw him in and basically pin all your hopes on the fact that, or on the idea that Charles and Bradley and Price will become Premier League players in the future? There's no guarantee of it. But do you think at this point that's our only real hope in, in terms of qualifying for a major tournament in the next 10 years? I don't know much about Isaac Price, Andy, but from what I saw of him against Kazakhstan, he would do well to get a game for the Welders. Oh, he's brutal. He was brutal in that game. But do you do you sort of, you know, you play Thompson and McCann, we're probably not going to qualify for this one, and they're probably never going to be good enough to, to qualify Northern Ireland. Or sorry, McCann, I meant to say uh, Thompson and Saville. They're, you know, they're in our best team probably right now, but they're not good enough to qualify us for a major tournament in the next 10 years or take the lead. So do you just take a chance that Price explodes? Because he clearly rates him. I, th- I think that depends on, on where Michael's head is, I guess, uh, and what he's basing those decisions on. Um, if he has it in his mind that, look, we'll go until we're out of it, like well and truly out of it, and then maybe I start making different decisions about my team selection. And maybe I'm not picking teams necessarily to go out there and get results and win games, but I'm picking teams with a mind to what I can do in the next campaign. And like, and Price is a good example. Bradley was similar. We all remember Bradley's first few games, a little bit rabbit in headlights. Um, first touch, not quite there. Isaac Price, I remember watching the first four or five times he, he tried to control the ball. It was bouncing away from him, and he never really got his confidence back from that point. And look, he plays for Everton. He must be like quite good at football, but there is a real lack of just real-life, grown-up man's football experience there for him, the same way there was for Bradley, the same way there a little bit is for, for Shea Charles. Although he but he's got happy. seven games under his belt for Liège now, and he's, by all accounts, seemingly played quite well. Yeah, so look, hopefully, um, hopefully he can be some sort of a bright spot. I'm not really quite sure what he is. He seems to be one of these kind of very nondescript um, number 10-ish attacking players that don't really have a role in in modern day football, um, at the moment, that's a, um, that's a good point, Dave. Because I don't, in my team, I've got him as a, you know, a twelfth person, but I've got him in potentially at least two positions, maybe three. It's somewhere in between the number ten and and playing alongside the the striker, isn't it? That's where he plays it's in the last. Delhi Alley, sort of what yeah. Delhi Alley maybe used to do. That sort of like he's not a forward, but he's not a midfielder. He's just quite nondescript attacking player. West Ham have loads of them, for example, Fornals and yeah. Ben Rama and Lanzini or something there anymore and all these guys. So look, I, I don't know, but yeah, I guess I think if, if you're looking across if you're looking across the team there, you know, do you do Evans, Cathcart, McNair, or do you just go bugger it? We'll do Ballard, we'll do Trihume, 
will will look to you know get McCann, Shea Charles, Isaac Price on the pitch, you know maybe Paul Smith, um, and then you know Dale Taylor's out, is that right? Yeah, yeah he's out. Okay, it might even even have been then if it had been Taylor available. Let's let's throw Dale Taylor and Dale Taylor actually was quite effective when he came on against Kazakhstan. Now, the bar was pretty low. McMenamin was the same on the other side. Um, both did well. So, look, uh, the other McMenamin thing... McMenamin starts, I, I think. I think so. I think there is maybe a sense of there might just be too many players there that are assured of their position um, in the starting eleven, And it might just be he literally needs to go in and clean house and just make some really bizarre changes to make an example of a few people maybe not as as Andy rightly says not playing to the level that they're capable of because you're right that performance against Kazakhstan was absolutely tragic it was tragic and that was simply players not playing at the level they're capable of so watch the goal back the Kazakhstan goal the guy picks the ball up 15 yards into his own half it's a comedy show. All the time it was that goes Danny Hill music behind it. And it was like in slow motion. You knew it was going to happen. You knew it was going to happen. I mean, it was a Cathcart last ditch tackle. Gets nowhere near him. It was, I think it's probably one of the worst goals we've ever conceded. Yeah. It yeah. Was so bad. No, it, it, so it, bad. It, it was tragic. And, um, you know, you know, I suppose we, we committed men forward. There's still no excuse for it. You know, it, it could have been snuffed out of two or three. Yeah, that goal though, that goal is a product of us not doing enough in the first few games where we yep. find ourselves we're in a position where this is literally a must win game. Not yeah, we enough. were desperate. Yeah, exactly. Not doing enough during the game to go and get the lead, missing I can only really remember one really decent chance. This is it. Was... We didn't we didn't create chances. We didn't really think... we didn't really get near their goal. No, which was I the most think... galling thing for one me. One shot on target. I think Charles had a chance that he puts over the bar in the first half. And I think that that's really the only side of goal we have. Men, 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 remember, remember Connor Max shot, which yes, was out of nothing. But that's not a chance. No. Do you know? No. That's not we've that's not we've we've played the ball around and created an opportunity. Um it's just some maverick on the on the right hand side who's cut in and had a pot shot that one in one thousand will go in. So no, we, we don't create enough chances. We'll put ourselves in that position. That's why that sort of goal happens and now maybe we can be a little bit more relaxed that you know we are truly are now the underdogs and we don't necessarily need to go out there and throw all of our eggs into the one basket maybe just play the game as a game just one one match isolated and see how we get on well do do, do you think there's an argument for for like sure mentions McManaman there I think you mentioned Paul Smith as well you know they haven't actually been a, a part of the malaise of the last two or three years. Well, McManaman has been in the squads, but actually anytime he's come on, he's been a bright spark. Paul Smith's been nowhere near it. Is there an argument for just like last two fresh lads on the wing, let them run. They don't have the, they haven't had a drill, the negativity of the last few years drilled into them and a um, bit of a fresh start. You know, they're, they're, they're both playing well for their clubs this season. Yeah, I don't see why not. It might as well be those two guys not creating chances and not scoring goals as opposed to the, the yeah. ones that are currently the not ones we know definitely chances. can't. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But I think, I think yes, you know, I, th- I think there's opportunity. There should be there should be opportunities there for for the, these guys to come in uh, and take and take their chance. And you know, 
would they be in the squad had we not had our had our our fitness issues? Um, probably not. But I think that's an incentive to put them in and go. Do you know what? This is really the this is maybe one of the only few chances that you're going to get to come in and make an impression on me. So I'm going to give you this chance. O'Neill says, and maybe you squeeze an extra five or ten percent out of these yeah. guys that you maybe wouldn't normally get. Absolutely, like they would come in, shirt and they would be absolutely scrapping for a place. Just. Just on the on the wide players, you know, you look at our squad over the last few years, and part of the reason we play three five two, a lot of people complain about it. And to be fair, it's it's not surfaced particularly well. We haven't got particularly good results with it. Certainly not sustained particularly good results with it. But you look at our squad now, and like McManaman has gone across the water. By all accounts, seems to have made a good start. By what St. Mirren fans are saying, Paul Smith surprised he's going to move back to the championship, but he started every game, got two assists. And you know my mate's a QPR fan and says he's been uh, he's been really really bright and impressive and everyone thought they were going to go down this season by miles but they've got a few wins under their belts already so you know championship winger playing at a decent you know playing well decent level type of game that will suit him away to Slovenia um you know where he can play on the break and use his pace and then you know when you go onto the bench you've got Jones White and Kennedy who I would argue you know if you need to change it up and you don't necessarily want to change the shape they can come in and do a job as well. So all of a sudden there actually is a is a is a question mark over, you know, can we go four three three now, the the classic Michael O'Neill formation, um, and actually maybe maybe scare them. Obviously, you know, Smith and McManaman will have to will have to sit in, but they can go when they need to go. Um do you think there's do you think there's an argument to go for that or do you think you just favor the the tried and tre- the tried and tested of Washington and, and Charles up front, which I wouldn't be averse to seeing either. No, it's it, it... Joe you know actually, before you even mentioned that, I forgot White was in the squad. And, and just looked at it. Do you know what? He really likes White. And I, yeah. I personally, I'm a, a big fan of him myself. I personally, looking at it right now, and I'll just give you a, a bit of a steer what my team was, if that was useful for you, just for that part of the discussion. Yeah, go ahead. Name your team. Yeah, we're, we're nearly finished. Yeah, so, so I've got um, Bailey, obviously, and Nets. Um, now, this is dependent on fitness, but I, I'm assuming Daniel Ballard's out of the okay. game, if they've talked about it, I'm assuming he's out. So if we take it on that side. Uh, defensively, I've got um, the back three of uh, McNair, Evans and Brown from right to left. Then in midfield, um, my wing backs, I'm going for Trey Hume on the right side, Cormac on the left. And in the centre of midfield, I've got Shea Charles, Ali McCann, and George Savile. And then up top, this is where I'm struggling. I've got Dion Charles, and then I've gone either Connor Washington or Price, um, with the view that the likes of Gavin White or Paul Smith will come off the bench to get some, um, I'd say, to give us some width and some speed towards the end. Both players are pretty rapid. The one thing I think what he'll do, Andy, and just from watching some of the Slovenian highlights over the past four or five matches, what Slovenia tend to do is they try to, they recycle the ball quite a lot from top pushing it back, they get in a lot of crosses from sort of that 30 yards out from right or left, and they whip it in. Um, and that's how they've, they, they've tried to play. So I think what he'll look to do is have that stability at the back. So Brown, Evans, McNair, all decent in the air, all sort of six plus, um, obviously, to, to, to try to nullify their front two. That's how I think they'll do it. But obviously, if you've got Trey Hume and Conor Mack closing down, their wide players to get crosses in. That's why I think they'll try to nullify that on that basis. But I personally would like to see Connor Washington and Dion Charles start up top um, in the first match. 
Yeah, Dave, uh, we'll, we'll we'll start to wrap this up. Um, you look at our squad and Dion Charles this season has five goals. Uh, I think it's Brad Lyons has one, Washington has one, McGuinness has one, the rest have zero. He doesn't go Charles in Denmark. He uh, he he goes for Price and Lavery. Doesn't make much of an impact. Um, and then he starts Charles at home to Kazakhstan, and between service and and maybe him not holding the ball up quite as well as he can, doesn't really get much of a look in there either. And um, you know he's got five goals, and the rest of them are one or zero. He has to start this, doesn't he? You would think so, but like I'm looking at that squad, and I think this is kind of the issue. I honestly couldn't tell you what the best 11 is there. I've got absolutely no idea. And I'm looking at it and I'm going, I've got no idea what he's going to do. I could maybe pick you a team that I would select, but that doesn't mean anything. Um, you know, I think... Yeah, probably McCann, Thompson, Saville, Charles, probably three of those four, perhaps. Um, again, does he do McNair? Right wing back? Does he? That's what I've got in my team, actually. Yeah. Do you know, is that maybe what he does there? Um, oh, good. Do you not start him? I've got him starting left wing back, actually. Yeah, oh, probably yeah. on probably on the left hand side. The thing that I would suggest, though, is I think we've looked much better when we've reverted to a four three three. Um, I think that's when we we do look a bit more solid and a bit more threatening because we've been too easy to play through. Well, the question uh, mark was always, do we have the quality for it? But we don't have the quality for a 3-5-2, so we might as well play the, the shape which suits us better. Yeah, well, this is it. And I think with that 4-3-3, it, it can become a 4-5-1 very, very easily um, with, with the right players. Um, so I think that gives you just, I think it gives the guys in the, on the pitch a little less ground to cover. I don't think you're exposed on the flanks quite too easily. Um so yeah, if it was me, I'd prefer to see four five one four three three. Um, get a nice solid back four there. If, if they're if they're going to do what what um what's been suggested there, which is you know deliver crosses from that kind of deep wide position, then fine. Defend defend your six yard box. You know, um, you've got. The one thing we do have is we've got a bit, of, a bit of height and a bit of physicality there at the back. So defend your six-yard box, get some energy in and around where you can pick up those second balls and try and use some pace um, on the break. Because I don't see any other way out of this than, than that sort of approach. Um, but, you know, well, yeah, that, that's that's it for me. I just, I just, I'm looking at that squad and I'm like, I have not got a clue. Form-wise, quality-wise, effort-wise, desire and mentality-wise, who actually should? Dave, to your to your point, Dave, to your point, maybe he he starts. I think he'll start Dion Charles, but he could actually even start likes of a Gavin White because a Gavin White can offer that natural width. Um, maybe as a place of 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 Conor Mack, but I think with Conor Mack making the move to Scotland, um, I, I think he'll 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 give him a go. Um, in that regard, he's big on the level they're playing at, isn't he? Like, he didn't look massive. at Paul Smith when he was playing in League Two. He did actually call up a couple of League Two players in different positions, which is where that sort of fell down. But he's big on getting them across the water. I think who was it? Um, I can't remember what which player he was talking about, but it's a player who's doing well in the Irish League, and he was saying he can go back across the water. That's Joel, always Joel, the way. Joel, Joel Cooper, Cooper is exactly who it was, but he doesn't talk about he can get Linfield into the conference or he can push yeah. Linfield. It's he can get back across the water. He's, Michael he's Ideally. A conti- yeah, he's a I conditional Irish League fan. Yeah. 
He <laughs> likes the Irish League, but he likes to get them away. It was the same with Liam Boyce. He brought Liam Boyce in that summer tour nine years ago to South America, purely to give him full-time training and fitness. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so 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 that's that's the level we're at. Um, Slovenia are are better than us, and our away record really poor. Kazakhstan, who knows where we're at, but we have to travel a long way. Dave, how many points do you honestly think we're going to get out of these next two? Zero points. Stuart, I think we're going to get two. Oh, okay. That's nice. That's just, yeah, that's just like really, really. I think, I think we're going to get two. I, I have a feeling that the, I feel that we can get, I think we can stop Slovenia in that regard. And like, I, but I don't think we're going to beat Kazakhstan away, but I'm pretty sure with Michael, he tends not to even talk or think or do any planning about the second game. Isn't that the way he tends to be? Everything's into the first game and then the second game tends to take care of itself. I think this is, Typical, typical viewpoint. What do you, what do you think, Andy? How many it points went, you suggest? First of all, it's a stat, it's a, it's a sad state of affairs when you said two, and I just got like butterflies in my stomach there when one of the games is literally against Kazakhstan, because you know I, I, I would bite your hand off for that. Um, yeah, I agree with Dave. I don't think we're, I don't think, I think we're losing both games, unfortunately. Yeah, I think Andy on this, these two sides are buoyant at the moment, and they are living that. They're living that story that we live. Kazakhstan should think that they can qualify for this tournament. Well, well, this is what I mean. And has Nadine said this himself. If you can get your first few results under the belt, put yourself in a position where actually you give yourself a fighting chance of qualifying. That galvanizes the squad. That means that there aren't any, you know, we've seen it time and time again, these late withdrawals. Because <laughs> guys just is like... Oh, I, I'd I, be pulling out before the before the flight to, to Kazakhstan. Well, to, yeah. to, to your point in Kazakhstan, the, the, the last 16 games, Kazakhstan have won nine. The 16 games mm. before, they've won one. So this is the best run of form I think Kazakhstan have had in their international history since 1992. So, um, yeah, they are, as you say, a team in form. A bit of a curveball. I actually think in the second game, I think you might see Brad Lyons play because Brad Lyons is used to playing on an artificial surface for Kilmarnock. I'm pretty sure, do Kazakhstan play on an artificial surface? I'm not sure on that one. I'm not sure. Um, but yeah, you know, it, it's, again, regardless, especially if we go and lose to Slovenia, I've no issue with that, with anyone really starting that, that Kazakhstan game. Brody Spencer threw him in, give him more minutes. Let's see what he's made of. He looked all right at times. Brad Lyons, yeah, started well. Give him a shout. Maddie Kennedy started well, give him a shout. Yes, listen, um, we'll we'll talk about this after the Slovenia game. We will be back after the Slovenia game uh, on Thursday evening, hopefully um, talking about a result, but um, I don't think there's, there's there's too much optimism of that. But listen, let's see. It's another game. Um, it's another window. It's another few podcasts. Thank you very much for listening. Cheers, Dave. Cheers, Stuart. And uh, yeah, see you Thursday night. Bye-bye.